Burson, we're here and we're live on on episode 114. Is 104? I think is it really? Uh, let me double check. Didn't you say 117 when we were? I know. Talking okay, about 112 this? was Molly. Okay. 113 is mm. Avery. That's not out yet. Avery. We're in 115. We are at no, 114. 114. We're at 114. 114. Right. And uh, who do we have with us, Emilio? A menswear whisperer. <laughs> Wall Street Journal uh, tycoon. Yeah. Columnist. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Um, good, good fashion friend. columnist, men's fashion, fashion to be specific. Yeah. Although, do you write about women's fashion from time to time? Uh, I think maybe 5% of the time when it crosses over. Yeah. Like primarily I write about menswear and then if there's like a designer or a trend that, um, if there's a designer that also designs women's, I will like allude to that or sometimes actually explicitly write about it. Um, and then if there's a trend that crosses over, I do write about that as well. Um, or when they start making the menswear. Yeah, I mean, these days, you know, it's the the path to expansion for a lot of designers is to to go from men's to women's or vice versa. So it is rare as the designer that really just does one or the other once they reach a certain scale. Sure. Spoken like a true columnist. Here we have Jacob Gallagher. Welcome to the podcast, my guy. It's been a long time coming. I know. I was going to say, we got a pro in here already off potty. He's like, you can't publish that. Can't publish yeah. That. <laughs> no, I just, I, I'm having, having he done. He knows what the record having is. Having done the, uh, what is this? This is now like the trifecta of like dude bro. Uh, the broadcast. Did, did you do the broadcast? Uh, I've done every yeah. broadcast. Every, every menswear adjacent broadcast I've done. Um, and uh, I'm very choosy about what I say and what I don't say publicly. Let's okay. Say. Wait, what are, what are the, the, the broadcasts? How long, well, gone? how long gone throwing fits in now you? Yeah. Appreciate well, that. that. <laughs> There's also okay. what, like blamo, right? But there is blamo, which I've, all, I've, I've done blamo before. Yeah, have you heard but of the, 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 not like a the pair of though. Kings gentlemen? Have you heard of them? I, I, I do know the pair of Kings gentlemen. I find them very entertaining. They are always, uh, their memes always pop up on my explore page okay. because I don't think I follow them. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your explore but, page looking like right now? What's uh, well, so I always say that my explore page is, is really twisted and just bizarre because I use Instagram so much to source and to uh-huh. find things for stories. So um, to find sources that is uh, to find things for stories. So it's, it's so contingent on the story that I'm working on. And then I I wish that there was, I wish I could peel back the curtain and figure out how the algorithm works because there are people that I will have talked to for stories like three years ago that will still surface on my explore page. Okay. And I don't know if it's like because they followed me at the time and they still engage with my account or like if it's just somehow like scanning through my messages and constantly like pulling these people up on there. But I'll click through and it's so that's to say like my explore page is not like your. I know what is like the cliche that the explore page is, is just like honey's chicks honey. and scams and and, <laughs> yeah. and and stuff and some of it is Sports that I chicks. guess but it is it's so clothing heavy um and yeah but let's uh let's uh let's do the icebreaker let's do the uh what's the icebreaker drop the skincare routine drop your skin's looking really routine. great it yeah, is yeah that. it looks you. great so I was one of the reasons why I've wanted to come on this podcast uh is because I guess initially when I wanted to come on uh not when I not that, but we have been talking about this for like a long time because I should say, Years. I mean, I know you guys as friends, obviously yeah. you are friends with one of my best friends. You're friends with the man that introduced me to my wife. So, um, true. So I've known you guys for quite some time, but I, uh, I, at, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have said that I have no skincare routine mm. and there would have been a different rationale for that. Uh, I now have almost no skincare routine, and it's primarily because I just got off Accutane for the second time. Oh, oh shit! Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, that, so, that's a, that's a so I was I was curious for you. All, I mean, I've listened to some episodes, but I was curious how many people you've had on that have gone through Accutane, whether as a child or an adult. We've had a couple, but it's all it's all been like as a child. So I feel like they don't even really remember like yeah. the experience, or it was just like, all right, this is this like you know this uh, medicinal thing that. Yeah. Right. That I take. Yeah. We'll get some like we'll get some uh, listeners like DMing. We or, get a like, lot. Of they'll listeners. jump into the Discord and yeah. they'll say, "Hey, like, need some recs for somebody who's on yeah. Accutane because yeah. you really have to have like a really stripped down routine if, yeah. if you're using that, or like, got to stay, uh, got to stay uh, moisturized. Moisturized, yeah, because yeah. it really dries you out. Yeah, what's yeah? Talk I, sh- I should say, like, obviously, I'm not saying this in any capacity of like endorsing it. Like, there's a lot of weight and a lot of, you know conversation around Accutane and like you know it is a very heavy drug and um, I think like it's important that 
to those people in your Discord, like, you know, you got to talk to your your doctor about it ultimately. But I went through it as a teenager, and when I was a teenager, you know, I had a very kind dermatologist who was like, you know, you go through everything as a teen. I had horrible, horrible acne. You go through everything as a teen, and nothing was really working. Uh, and she was kind of like, you know, end of the road. Like, you should probably take this. It all. And <laughs> my uh, my my Jewish mother was like so paranoid about me taking it. You know, because like yeah. there's the the stuff they tell you is incredibly scary, and so like. You know, you got to come down. You got to do the blood work all the time. Yeah. And, Wait, and, what and, sorts yeah. of things do they tell you? Yeah. Well, like, they, I mean, you know, because someone was getting mad at us for spreading lies. Yeah. We were, we were like, yo, like, Accutane is the gateway to suicide. Like, no, you know, no, no, like, no. I mean, and, and again, like, this yeah. is all based on like medical studies that sure. have, have happened. And, you know, there are people that say that the links are more tenuous than they are or that they are, you know, there, there are differing views upon it. But, you know, I, there are people that I've spoken to that are like, I went on it or a sibling went on it and it really did mess mess them up. They yeah. got either depressed or they kind of got kind of strange during that time or something like that. But um, I went through it when I was in high school and I had pretty much no I had no side effects. I had no problems. Cleared up my skin pretty well. Um, came out the other side. That was, you know, over a decade ago now. Um, and I've struggled with acne probably throughout, God, my, like since, since my, my early twenties, it kind of came back and I've just like dealt with it the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I've probably done every single treatment you could feasibly imagine. I've, you know, had every over the counter thing. We've had most prescriptions you could think of. Uh, and, what ended up being this time what ended up being kind of the 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 catalyst for me to go back to it was that uh we got our wedding photos back and i like still had acne in my wedding photos uh-huh. and i was just like yo this is crazy like i'm 30 years old i really don't i'm married i really don't want to deal with this anymore and i went to my derm who i i really like and i i was the one that this time i was like yo like can can i go can i go on it and she was pretty she was kind of hesitant cuz she was just like Second time on it, like, like you know, like, medically it was fine, but she was just like, you're probably going to get really dry. It's going to get annoying. And I was like, well, I'll deal with mm-hmm. it. And she was right. It, I was, like, so dry. It was absolutely insane. Like, painful at times how dry my skin was. It didn't look bad ever. Right. But, like, I just felt so dry. And the... um, I would go to her and I'd be like, yo, my, my lips are just, like, chap all the time. And she's like... I have patients that just have a note that says like every five minutes to put on chapstick. Jesus. Like, Holy shit. It was that bad. Like yeah. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, my lips would be like that rough, but like all in all my skin cleared up within a few months and my skin's been really good. But that's to say like now on the other end, like they do like, I mean, at least what she said to me was like, be pretty gentle on your skin. Right. Mm-hmm. So I use a retinol uh, at night and, and I basically use sunscreen and that's it. That's it. You're not that's using it. You're not using a, a moisturizer in the morning? I use a moisturizer in the morning. I should okay. say I do use a moisturizer in the morning. My skin is not nearly as dry as it as it was then. I mean, it's still pretty dry. That's just kind of how my skin leans. But like, yeah, it's I use a moisturizer, a sunscreen, and a retinol. So is it one of those drugs where it's like it just tries to get you, like, gets you in the clear and then you don't? need to yeah, continue they, that's using what they, it that's like, what they say now it's like let's like just you clear you up run a course of it and it clears you up and i'm pretty confident because the way it because i was on it for six months and it, the way it kind of worked was like you kind of max out the amount that they're comfortable having you have in sure. your body seemingly yeah. i'm not again i'm very much not a doctor but this was my understanding from from my dermatologist was kind of like they were tracking how much how many milligrams i was taking to be like, okay, you're like reach it. You've reached like the threshold of how much you can comfortably take right. of this. So, I, sh- from this point forward, I mean, hopefully, you know, the Accutane combined with just like as you get older, you do not have acne as much. And so, like, hopefully, that is what happens with me. But like, we'll see. You know. But for right now, my skin is the the it's it's very clear and it it's looks probably, it looks really good. Probably yeah. the first time in my life that it's been like this clear and yeah. it's very. Uh, bizarre to me but um because i literally like when my i was man's in high got school, a new body when i was in high school my my dermatologist <laughs> after i'd gone through accutane she i don't know if this was like a moment of weakness on her part or if she like always thought to tell me this but she was like you're the worst skin of anyone i've ever seen oh, and i was oh like god damn like she, i'm like you have you have literally a waiting room of like 25 people at this moment so like the number of people you're seeing I like I was like that is really but I had cystic acne like it was I looked really bad. I looked very bad. Bro, maybe you're so. just you're just high T, you know? 
You I don't think know. about that. I don't know. I've, ne- no? I've, I've never really, I've never really thought about it. The, I mean, classic little brother syndrome. The only way that I've ever thought about it is in the context of like my brother has never really had bad acne, yeah, yeah. and I'm always like, how did I end up like getting the yeah. short end of this? But um, yeah, I mean, all in all, it worked out. But now I am very cautious of my skin. I'm very. I'm also. Um, I'm half Irish, and so my father's side has had a lot of skin cancer, and right. so like. Mm. There's I I'm very careful about sunscreen, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, we well, got the good relationship with the derm. I'm sure. Yeah, she'll be yeah, checking yeah, you yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I had to see her every month, so it was it was very scheduled, very regimented. Here's here's a very personal question. Um, so having acne as a teen yeah. and struggling with that, yeah. do you think had you had clear skin, it would have pushed you? Away from menswear. <laughs> Away from menswear. Yeah, no, that's a, that's. This is like a theory of mine. Yeah. For a lot of the fellows who are into uh, to garms, you know, like yeah. they, I think, or your appearance in general, like they have a weird kind of like thing when they're like a teenager where they feel self conscious about one specific thing. Yeah. And they think, well, I can overcompensate by like right getting right with amping these things. Yeah, up. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that may be the case. Obviously, that's a, a hypothetical that I can never actually figure out. That 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 makes me think of like someone like we were talking before we were recording like most of the music that I listen to still, the music I listen to then is like hardcore punk and there's a lot of people that were in the hardcore scene that ended up in menswear too. And really? I've always thought that that was an interesting parallel in terms of like caring about your appearance in a way that has nothing to do with label ultimately or like brand or like sure. luxury in any capacity. And then eventually you like some of the, some of the people in that world like continue to just be completely agnostic about it and wear like the same like Sauconies and bad jeans for the rest of their lives. And then like some people like dial in further and are like, uh, you know, I was into, you know, this, you know, buying this merch and then that leads to like buying more and then right. like buying a different kind of thing. So I do think that there are those things that happen prior or that are like the foundational things that, you know, you get into as a teenager or that happened to you as a teenager. I do think that they they are what kind of does propel you forward. I'd, I, I, I mean, the answer would be though, for me, like in high school, I wasn't particularly into like clothes in any capacity like I was I was really into skateboarding and I was really into music and I you know he he hates when I bring this up but my dad would be like you look dirty a lot of the time because I, I would just wear like the same things yeah. I'd wear the same like bad adolescence hoodie all, a lot of the time and like these kind of jeans that were just like I'd skated in them and left them on my floor um, and so in that sense like I think maybe there was something there about girding myself eventually by being like, I'm going to take hold of this and like figure out what I want to wear and present myself in a certain way. I I mean, I, this is the lazy person that cares about clothing answer that like every decision about what you wear ultimately is like, it ultimately is related to fashion and related to the whole industry. But like, you know, I think that um, sometimes we tell ourselves that like that the subconscious things, but I think that there is some truth to that. Yeah. well, I think your theory about, uh, I guess, the pipeline from being a hardcore fan into being a menswear guy or just being in general uh, interested in fashion, it does come out of, I think when you're a teen, you're very, you're very, like, if you're that kind of person to get into subcultures, mm-hmm. that curiosity is going to, like, continue throughout the rest of your life, I guess. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I, I think that that subcultural thread is getting thinner and thinner in this current moment of fashion yeah. where the attaining the thing is kind of the end all be all like the, the, this is something I think about a lot where like this, this hype moment, this luxury moment, this moment of like people being comfortable with spending, you know, people that are younger being comfortable with spending a lot of money on clothing. I do think at times it's, it's like clothing is the subculture now in a weird way. Like, like Mm -hmm. it, it functions the same way that it did for me, but I, there are still those moments where, you know, I went to a show not that long ago with John Caramonica of the New York Times and the this band, um, neither of us were there to cover it, but this this band from uh, the Bay Area Tsunami played and um, he was like, very aesthetic band. I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, like it, it, it is like yeah. the guy, you know, you know, he came out with like the, the, the lead singer He came out, he had like the arcteric jacket on with like the graph like like the spray paint little like droplets on it yeah just like the way he carried him you see that sometimes you're like oh the way that someone carries themselves you're like that person clearly is thinking so deeply about how they look and often 
like it's it, it i would say you see that but these days you don't necessarily see that as much be, just because like you know again i think that um the, the, there's a lot of getting the thing and posturing in it or not posturing in it, but just wearing it, being out there in it. That is kind of how people think about engaging with clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it's not necessarily always like the subcultural wanting to fit in thing anymore. It's like wanting to fit in with the, the item of clothing. Right. Well, yeah, with like with with engaging with it becoming so different. And like you said, obtaining it being the end all be all. Do you feel like you enjoy the conversation around fashion or discussing fashion as much as you did, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. I, I still really love it. Like I, um, I was just talking about it with my, my colleague who's in from Paris. Um, who's he's, he sits on our business desk. He's more of a, a corporate reporter, um, covering LVMH and caring. But I was like, I've been doing this for nine years of the journal. I've been writing about clothes for about 12, 13, 14 years. And, um, I love it. I still really do. I think that it's like, I say that my, coverage zone is like I write about what people wear Mm -hmm. and you know obviously within that you know my personal feelings about a topic or my personal taste they really don't factor in that much you know it's like I dress in a very particular way I think when I when I interview people I sometimes think like I'm asking you so much about because I interview a lot of real folks and I sometimes think I'm like I'm asking you so much about what you wear and what you think about clothes like you know are you on the other end sometimes they will be like well what do you think at the end <laughs> and I kind of do a little dance and say and don't say what what, what I think but it, what I think ultimately doesn't really factor into telling the story if something is popular right now something's trendy right now it's worth covering and I think that you know, I f- I'm incredibly fortunate to be able to look at the market, look at what's out there every week and just be like, OK, time to cover this and see what's going on and, and, and see, you know, what people are into and what people are wearing or what we're all watching and talking about and thinking about. You know, I, I wrote about Succession and the merch from that show because that was something people were really talking about and, you know, wanting to look at that re- the relationship between, you know, I think people feel so they think so much about what people wear on that show Mm -hmm. and they feel like almost like tied to it and i felt like the people that had that emotion with that they were let down by the merch they wanted something more and so sometimes that's what i write and then sometimes it is just straight up like this thing is still trending or this thing is trending for the first time and here i'm going to explain it to you speaking about trends like because we were we've, we've been talking about this a lot with music i mean in general like the life cycle of trends now have become like so truncated. Like, do you feel like the same thing happens in fashion now that you've been in it for like 12 years? Like, does it seem like things cycle back in a lot quicker than they used to? Yeah. Well, I tend to say and this is a very American viewpoint. Cause when I talk to people that were in Europe during this time, they sometimes are like, I don't think that that was what happened. But like, you know, in America, we did go through in the late aughts, we went through like, what I think is probably the last dominant trend, which was probably heritage. I'm speaking about menswear. Like I think heritage and kind of that Americana thing was was probably the last real dominant trend that we're going to see in terms of like not a single not a singular item, not a singular pattern, but like a whole look that had an impact that went from like the runway shows to J. Crew that was covered by like you know, CNN to us to GQ that like everyone kind of wanted a piece of and that had a real reflect that really reflected, I think, socioeconomic factors in terms of where the economy was, in terms of the rise of the Internet and then people wanting to go the other way and be back to the basics because things were getting too complicated. I I think that that really was the last like big one that we've seen. Mm -hmm. And it might be the last big one that we do see. You know, sometimes people point to like sneakers and streetwear as this thing that has just become that 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 might be the big one now. But I think that that's like a category, so it sits right. a little differently. Um, and I I think we're in this interesting moment where everything's just very fractured. And to be into clothes, quote unquote, can mean that you dress in any number of different ways. And mm. you know, I don't think that there is that cliched. I also don't think that there is that cliched like hipster look or like, you know, again, like sneakerhead look. Like, I don't think that those things are true. I think that like you can walk around, 
you know, there was a time when you could walk around Williamsburg and you were like, yo, everyone oh, here dresses guy. like the same, yeah. like exactly the same. And now if you were to say something like that, you'd be like, an, you'd be written off. You'd be like, well, you're just, you're not really getting it. You're not seeing the full scope. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that what we are seeing is an incredible amount of interest in clothing. And, and, and I think that people caring about it and it being part of the common language of American pop culture, I think that's probably never been stronger than it is right now. Yeah. You know, you have Pharrell at Louis Vuitton, you have kind of this like this glorification of certain brands. You have a real covetability of certain brands from people that might not have cared about it five years ago. Um, But I think that, yeah, I I think there is an acceleration of trend though. You can see the people that are into it shift through items shift through brands shift through you know a per, even a particular item a particular archival concept really 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 quickly i think that that is true we were kind of like discussing this with with uh avery a bit and that like maybe like do you think maybe in a few years like looking back you'll be able to like better identify a possible trend a larger trend that was happening and just the fact that like everything's moving so fast while you're in it like you're not quite able to like yeah like we see people are into clothes but like sure like you said all types of clothes and like i can't identify a trend in it but also like what does it mean to be into clothes you know what i mean like i know that's it's not no, a huge I, philosophical no, no, question no, skincare i think yeah. i think that that's true i th- i think that probably that eventual distance will be helpful but that even to me that, like indicates even more that we don't have like a dominant trend of this yeah. time because it, when we were in that Americana heritage moment, that was like all anyone could talk about. And they were mm-hmm. like, we're in this like raw denim and like flannel <laughs> shirts. And like, you know, you've got to get these yeah. like, you know, Goodyear welted sold, right, Goodyear right. sold shoes. Like you, you like had to have certain things. Like I was working at a J crew at that time. And then I was also writing about clothes. And I just remember being like, I mean, like in, like I am in this, I can like see every part of it. And it was that, it really did have its tentacles very far out. Whereas now I think there's almost a hesitancy to talk about trend or to, to point at it or reflect upon it because it's not true for everybody. Right. Cause you don't feel like you're, you're not like, you don't know how true it is. Like you don't yeah. know like if you're actually correct about yeah. this, although everyone is very, very into trend forecasting, but no one does it with like an authority. Like, well, whereas it, I think yeah. maybe you might do that, but like I other, think that, but, but I'm not a trend forecaster and in any capacity, but I do think like when we're writing about trends, data is really important and, and really kind of getting those, those numerical, the numerical grounding of something or even just hearing from a, a, a plurality of voices about a certain thing. Yeah. That's really helpful. But I think that, you know, I see it all the time where I write about something and it is genuinely happening and it is genuinely something people are wearing. And, you know, you get the comments and people are like, never seen this. Never. this <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like th- that, that's, yeah. you know what? Like totally valid. Like I throw yeah. my hands up. That's totally valid. Like I do think that there is a strong parallel there with music right now where it's yeah. like you can, you have these artists that are huge and they're the biggest artists in the world to, you know, people that read certain websites or that sure, you know, yeah. li- on the coast. Listen, to, listen to certain yeah. Spotify playlists, but then to other people, it's like, no, don't, I have no idea what that is. So, but that doesn't mean that it's not worth covering. And that doesn't mean that like people don't like to read about that stuff and, 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 and see intrigue in it. Right. Well, no, we've talked about this before too, especially when it comes to music, because there are artists that are fucking selling out like stadiums that we've never even heard of. Yeah. Correct. But, uh, a lot of your like coastal, like your, you know, New York publications are writing about certain artists and we have this theory, even though like, you know, we, we, uh, we root for everybody to have their success. However, uh-huh. I don't, we just don't think like publications have the same kind of cultural pull anymore in terms of amplifying. Or it's just like, like everything is so also like, I feel like, like their Americana thing, something can't have such an expansive reach anymore because everything's so readily available. So I feel like, yeah, with like publications too, it was like, I don't know. It's like, it's just there, always there in front of you. And it was harder before to like, well, that that readily available nature to me, the biggest c- kind of effect of that ultimately is that like nothing is localized to me anymore, and nothing is like very distinct to like a specific community or subculture anymore. Because right. like, and this was something that I, I feel like I don't remember where I read it, but I rem- remember reading it about food and about restaurants. That was like this article about kind of the Brooklyfication of everywhere. 
and and this idea that like things you know like Edison bulbs and kind of these you know crinkly paper menus and this natural wine program that that yeah. ends up in like Kansas City so quickly now or that ends up in you know Lyon really quickly now because there's servers because with tattoos everywhere because yeah and or, or, there, or there's there's burgers with like the big you know knife in them everywhere and like <laughs> and in that that I think is is interesting in the sense of, of just broadening access you know I my wife and I we went to Paris in November and we went to the flea and we were walking around Klingencore and we went into this vintage like booth basically and the guy was like i'm not kidding he was like straight out of the rose bowl flea like he was just like he had the way he was carrying himself like the way he was dressed and then every single garment he had i was like this is exactly what i would find at you know x store in new york or like again like the the rose bowl flea like i was just like this guy has has figured out the template like immediately and there was we what but it was funny to us because what we wanted was like a vintage shirt in French and he just didn't have it. For but, sure, he, yeah. but he had yeah. like multiple hard rock cafe shirts. And I was like, and obviously that effect has happened. That has been something that you can see in like Japan for a long time where like yeah. they, you know, the, the people that were into clothing in, in Japan, those folks were so good at being like, this is happening in America. We're going to import it over here and we're going to do it like even better than they do. But there was something so interesting about this, this kid that I was like in his early twenties that clearly, and he was like, follow me on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you have just farmed Instagram so perfectly yeah. that you know exactly what this is supposed to look like. And that there's something comforting about that in a way. And there's something kind of, frankly, like sad in a way, yeah. in a way about that. Because I want the localized, I want to be able to go somewhere and discover something new. That sense of discovery in person is something that to, to me I've always really prioritized and found really important and it's harder these days. I think it's coming back around in a way in New York where there's really great kind of vintage, I don't want to call them vintage stores because that has this kind of musty, um, like Stella Dallas. Baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it has this musty connotation, but like I was at Chickie's just before this and I found her like that store. She has Armani. She's basically selling Armani and Ralph Yeah, and like, you know, some, some old Abercrombie and, it looks great and it's so interesting to see it as this kind of recent past thing that because she's looking at it from this eye of like this is the palette I want to buy in these are the fits that I'm looking for she's she's presenting something new that that has been there all along and that I think seeing that farming is really interesting to me and I'm curious where that goes yeah for sure cuz yeah I I've, I've noticed like the the loss of like discovery um yeah when I go anywhere and like realize that nothing's localized anymore or like for example whenever i go to mexico city now too it's like when i was younger and i would go there it was kind of like funny observing what was going on there because it was always not what was going on here it was like a few years behind a few years behind exactly yeah. so it's not but now you go to mexico city and it's like all all the you know all the stores it's like oh this is a version of something in new york and it's like totally. happening in real time they got to they got to cater to that tourist economy. To the tourist yeah, economy. yeah, I mean Mexico City is a very specific well, that, example yeah. because like at any given moment a, a good chunk of of the Brooklyn creative class yeah, is in Mexico yeah. City. But then it becomes like the whole entire like discovery like when you do find something that doesn't feel of the time so yes. like that becomes you start incorporating that incorporating that into uh, your your online behavior and then you yeah. start posturing as somebody who's who's uh, good at that specific skill, yeah. You know, or like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, maybe I'm being cynical about it. Yeah, all, I, it I'm all... actually, I'm, I'm not so cynical about it. I'm just kind of like, this is the way it is, and, um, you know, I, I, I think food is is always kind of the grounding example for me because, yes, those things can be an identical echo to what is happening in New York, but it can also be really good. Like mm. we were, again, we were in Paris and a friend was like, uh, a, a friend said, he's like, there's a really good like smash burger place. Have you had like a <laughs> smash burger before? And I was like, yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm aware of this concept, but like, I'm curious what this is. Like, like everyone was really bigging it up and mm -hmm. we went and the place was literally called Dumbo. I'm sure some of your <laughs> listeners have heard of this or have been there and it was an amazing burger. And I was just like, well, in the end, like they did it right. Like I can't, I can't really hate on this in any capacity. Not that I'm like gatekeeping a, bur a yeah. dumb smash burger, but like it was just, I, I, I was expecting it to be the poor imitation, but there was something even about maybe 
them from afar and maybe they had that in New York and they or they had that somewhere in America and they wanted to replicate sure. it that they like perfected it was a very good burger and I was kind of like well, I, I, I can't be mad at that and again this guy that sold t-shirts we I bought a t-shirt from him like you know those those things like there's nothing I don't think pernicious about it but it's just an interesting effect where you I think there was really that time where you could go to places and there'd be the real localized things that that you could only see there and you know people say it's because of the internet I think really it's 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 a Instagram age effect of of just kind of the ease of access the ease of information the way that the algorithm builds upon itself sure. and you just see the same stuff eventually and there's no like harm nor, nor foul there it's just like it's an interesting flattening effect um but that's kind of i think it's it's really what has happened in the clothing world but um again it's neither good nor bad i'm sure that there will be a store very similar to chickies i'm sure that there is already a story very similar to chickies right. in other you know parts of the country or parts of the world but um for right now i'm like that's so that's so cool and and you know i'm sure kathleen and, and those folks are nimble enough to figure out what comes next for them but what comes next for them what comes next for for you, Jacob, how, how long? How long can can you write about fashion? Uh, well, you know, I think I can write about. I, well, that's such a strange question because it's, it's, it's not really up to it's me. Not really really. Really. <laughs> you know, People, I, 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 Fa- fashion's never over. Well, f- <laughs> <laughs> and head over till you're in the casket, right? Well. I would I would love to stay at my job forever. I really love what I do, and 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 every my editor will tell you every week I go through the same tough cycle of being like got nothing to write about, and then like two hours later something will you know land on my desk or will pop into my head, and then that's what I'm able to pull together. Obviously, like you know I think about it like baseball in a certain way. Like you know you have your at bats, and and some of them you're particularly proud of. You hit a home run, and some of them you're like you know needs improvement or, you know, you got to get back and, and train a little bit more. But, um, you know, that's kind of the, 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 the great thing about being at a newspaper and being a columnist. Like I write once a week, if maybe twice a week, depending. And, you know, it's, it gives me time to report something out and, and shape it and everything, but it's also like, there's going to be another week and, you know, that's both good and bad. Like, you know, I do have to keep thinking of things all the time. So, but no, I, 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 I could not imagine writing about anything else these days. Um, it's, it does keep me very interested. How often, you know, uh, do you think about, all right, because you mentioned that you're, you're thinking yeah. about people and how they think about themselves and how they look. How often do you think about uh, beauty standards as it relates to the fellas? You know, what's, mm-hmm. what's happening right now? What, how... We're, I think about it the most when I'm in Europe for the shows, because we are, we, the, we're in a moment with male models where I think it's, it's very, there's not like a singular, like, you know, in the, there's been, they say there's been eras of like beefcake models solely and then really wafy models solely. And we're kind of in this, this, this like, you know, brand depending zone, I would say right now. I think that beauty, I mean, Obviously, I cover men's beauty standards for men are significantly less stringent and less <laughs> sure. criti- criticized than for women. Right. And so there's really no way to, to say like there's no way to answer that without stressing that point. Like it is something. We, I think yeah, we about, got we, we got the caveat. We got but it. I think but I, but, <laughs> but I almost think about like the business of it a lot where uh-huh. like it's like Pharrell has a skincare brand and like mm-hmm. all, all these celebrities have skincare brands in a way. And I I do wonder how far that really goes for 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 those folks. I mean, obviously they do have a customer base, um, but I think for a lot, I think a lot of men are just kind of, you know, they do their thing. They don't talk about it as much. It's not like there's as much advertising targeted at them. It's not like there's as much press about, you know, how men take care of their skin. I I think. I'm completely obfuscating because I don't er, and like deflecting to answer because I don't really know, frankly, like it's not something that I spend a ton of time thinking about. I thought I, I obviously when I had acne as any human does when I had really bad acne, I should say I, I, as any human does, I would look at other people and be like, wish I had clear skin like them. Like I would think I would obviously think that. Um, but I don't think it, it's not really something that I think about a lot in my 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 work and and what I what I write about. Maybe I should be thinking about it more. We yeah we always like we always get asked you know like oh like has it been crazy to see the change and like 
men's skincare, like men caring more about their appearance and, or like how, how has it changed? And we're always kind of like, I, I don't think it had, like it, it had, like you said, it hasn't changed. Like sure. guys still don't really talk about it. It's not like, yeah, if, if somebody was already into skincare, maybe they're a little more into skincare now, but that's, that's like a, a specific kind of guy. It's not like overall, like men are more into skincare yeah. now. Well, I definitely think economically it has. For I think sure. That there's, yeah. there's more products targeted to men and there's more spending upon that. And that is more of a carved out part of the industry than it was before. But I I think that like the chatter aspect of it or mm-hmm. like, you know, the the guys that see something on TikTok and try it. I mean, that is a personal thing. Yeah. So that probably exists in a certain way. But like, you know, I mean, I don't think that the way like to I'm making a lot of assumptions. So I, I, I don't really know. I can say personally, like I don't have those conversations with my guy friends mm-hmm. like, you know, you you commented that my skin looks really good. It's not like I'm going and getting dinner with my friends. Right? Every <laughs> one of them's like, hey, your yo, your skin looks popping. It's really good. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. like what's what's the routine? Drop the routine. You know, like yeah. that 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 yeah. I don't think is as common of as of a relationship. At least to to me, obviously, I think right. that there are men that that's true for. But yeah, well, like yeah. beyond skincare at all. I mean, I think like for a while there was a there was a big uh, moment like in the mid 2010s or maybe at the end of it where people were totally just like so so curious about these online communities of men looks maxing getting surgeries totally. feeling like they they that was their 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 key to uh being accepted and uh I I think it is a small community but I wonder if that's had any kind of effect on you know younger people or younger 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 men you know, yeah, I, 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 but I don't, I don't know. I, I care. I don't know. Say, I think that there is, I mean, as with any skincare thing, there's such a, there still remains such like a gawker, not, not gawker the website, but like a, like, like this, this temptation to like, for the extreme things to be like, oh my God, that's crazy. Like yeah. you do that to your skin, blah, blah, blah. Like we obviously, you know, it's impossible to cover pop culture or fashion and not have talked a lot about buccal fat removal sure. and, and, and like those kind of things and like that when there i think that there's a there's a a knee-jerk reaction to be like judgmental about that stuff and like you know people are going to have their own feelings about it but like people clearly i mean people go through extremes i was just in los angeles and i was at dinner at a particular restaurant and it was maybe it's because maybe it's just where i'm eating in new york and maybe there are places like this in new york but I, it was like every other table had someone that had like a very clear facelift oh for sure and it was so it was i really was distracted for like a good minute or so being like wow people still actually do that and they do it in such a way that it's going to be that prominent because yeah because i've always thought of this moment of skincare as being this very clean like very unobtrusive moment until well i mean buccal fat removal obviously notwithstanding or fillers notwithstanding but i think like you know in a lot of ways the conversation has been has been about like natural and clean and all of these things and then you still see that so i think that's to say like clearly the market is very broad still about what people want for their face and it's what they want for their face ultimately it's what their their personal preference is let them cook (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that's very specific to la i feel like I, i was there a couple like a month ago on tour too and i i was just looking around and i was like well i, I can't remember the last time i like saw this much visible like but it's botox yeah. like lip injections, but did it ever like enter your, enter into your brain because you're out there like and you see how normal it is even among men that you're like fuck should i get that no i mean i maybe that is maybe that is just <laughs> no. my personal like but that's what i mean by the whole yeah, entire like you yeah. know evolving male beauty standards or whatever it's like are more men just because it's like i feel like now everyone just talks about like aging in this really weird fucking way yeah that like men as they get more fucking disposable income you know discretionary income they're like fuck it yeah let's get a fucking i don't feel pressured but sometimes with all that i do like like when i was in la i was like shit do i look kind of old like or like what am i supposed to look like at this age like yeah (laughs) yeah but that's different like the do i look old do i look tired thing is different than like do i want my face to be a particular shape i think and right that, yeah sure I think just for some people clearly that is like i think you guys can probably feel me trying to be like as not trying to be this just is how i think about it like i very listen it, it's 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 what people choose to do and i think it, it it was la was the first place i've i i mean it was very interesting to me because i was like 
I feel like these things I should see in New York, but like, you know, I'd go get coffee and I was like, wow, like a lot of people, a lot of young people in this coffee shop have like an incredible amount of fillers. And you're just kind of like, huh, I guess people do do that. And then that was like the extent of my thinking about sure, it. Kind yeah. of like, you, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think it is just personally, it's not something that, that I would, would ever think to do. Um, I, I think I, I, I would look very peculiar to, 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 to me, but um, sure. but for some people, I think it's they think that it looks good, and that's that's how they feel about themselves, you know. So, but the 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 there is certainly what you're identifying. I think is definitely true that there ha- there has to be a they're doing it. I should do it too. Effect for some people, there would have there has to. I guess like be. Well, yeah, you need yeah. permission to do it. I mean, think about how like injectables now. Like, I mean, maybe not among men, but like with women, like they they just keep going after. Like you're younger, like the younger yeah. like people in their early twenties are getting it now. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe yeah. Again, it's not it's not a market that I really cover that deeply. Um, perhaps I should. Yeah. Last question about Please. clothes. As a man under six feet tall, how do you how do you find things that fit you? Is it all tailoring? It's really interesting because I when I worked retail, I worked retail for a few years in the city, and when I worked retail. There was so much talk about like people would come in. I talk about coworkers about like, what do I like? How do I make myself look taller? This was like always kind of this thing that people would ask about mm. and and or like, why don't you know, why don't these fit? Blah, blah, blah. Like, how like should the, how should this fit? Should I get my should I get my pants shortened? Should I get them longer? Like, what will mm. make me look taller? And may again, maybe it's just how I personally go through this world. But like. Since then, it is not something that I really think about. Like okay. I, I used to wear. I was just talking to my wife about this because I tried on a pair of pants that I've had for some time. I used to wear pants that were a little bit more cropped. I now wear a, a pant that you know kind of puddles a little bit more. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think that they make me look short. They might make me look short. I don't. It's not like I'm. I'm not very like self conscious about it. But yeah. I will say I did. I did. It's fine. It's funny, funny that you're asking me this now, I, and, and, and I'd be curious if he's listening to this. But I went and I was with a friend, and we went to a store a few weeks ago, um, and I tried on a suit from this brand, Evan Canori. Nice. And it was a very nice suit, and I tried it on, and I came out the dressing room, and I was, I was into it. Really nice linen fabric, really great cut on it. And he, he, he might be a little taller than me, but he was like, "Wow, you look so short." Pants. Oh my god! And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I, I immediately—I mean, it was price prohibitive, but I immediately was just like, "Not buying this." Okay, I'm not buying. This. Like, I—I I had, and it was the first time in a long time that I had thought about like my height yeah. in relation to that. I—I I tend to get my pants hemmed. I used mm-hmm. to very get them hemmed to the to the. I knew exactly what the inseam was. I would tell my tailor. Depends now. Um, sometimes I buy pants and I'm and I just leave them long and yeah. Just, will walk on the hems a little bit but i don't i don't i wear boxier things i don't i don't i wear boxier things in large part because i um i i i got too big for some stuff and so that annoyed me so then i went Mm. the other way and was like i'll just buy everything one size bigger so that'll never happen again in case i add more weight and like so i i i did that but it's Maybe I don't know. I I might just be a distinct. It's something that I've written about in the past, but I always do think, and this isn't a shot at people that have written about it. Like I always think that these kind of prescriptive rules that people write about, like this is how you make yourself look taller. Like I don't think that that's necessarily true. Yeah. Like you could be because you could be really lanky and sh- you could be really thin and short, or you could be bigger and short. Like you're proportionally, it's just going to be different, and you're going to have to try different things and, and kind of figure it out. Um, but yeah, it's. That's that's a very interesting question. Do you do you find that difficult to, to no, I mean, back ne- to you? I've never put on a pair of pants and thought like, oh, these pants make me look short. I'm just like, oh, these pants are, oh, of course, size 44 is still too way too big for me, et cetera. I'm just a small, small, small king. But yeah. um, the one thing I've struggled with, and maybe I just haven't looked hard enough, is I want a nice casual dress shirt. And they all, you know, they all yeah. go down to my knees. Yeah, I, I have this problem too. And I tend to, I, in that sense... Because my issue is always that if they if it fits in the length, then it mm-hmm. definitely does not fit in the shoulders. Yeah, it's right. Too small, so I don't. I actually don't have a ton of dress shirts. Dude, I don't either. I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's a strange thing to admit, but like I I literally just went through this where, not just went through this, but because now this was over a year and a half ago. But when I got married, I was like, 
in my mind, I was like, I have, I have a dress shirt. I have to have a dress shirt. And yeah. then like a week or so before the wedding, I was like, I don't have, I don't have anything even close to what would be called a dress shirt. Yeah. And I had to go to, I went to Ralph Lauren actually, and I bought, um, because I knew that if I went somewhere like that, I could get like the neck size and the, like the length could be, could correspond. Yeah. So, and it was much more expensive than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> that was another thing I realized the, the dress shirt market is it's it's expensive it's either yeah. very very cheap and probably Bad. not the best quality yeah. or they're really expensive but i yeah i i tend to in terms of white shirts i'm i i tend to wear these capital flat hem button-ups that are kind of boxy yeah I, I don't really wear them with suits that often but like if i like with the pair of just trousers they're they're they look fine um they're not too long like like but they are they're fairly boxy but um again the, that's that's interesting you identified that i've always thought that i need to write something about the the how difficult the dress shirt market is to navigate <laughs> but it's almost like too broad of a topic to wrap your arms around but yeah maybe sure. maybe i will because it is it is tough to find I, and I think i think that that's also one of those things where like i think there are these generational things that you know previous generations were like taught by their father or, or by their by some man in their life to like how to buy a dress shirt and i don't mm -hmm. think that that's true like my dad's into clothes he was never like this is your neck size this is your legs like i yeah. never went through that experience ever like yeah i didn't dad wasn't around <laughs> <laughs> he, went, he went out for an e-cig never came back yeah should we get to some segments uh, yeah let's get to some segments let's start off with uh let's start off with dewey rude dewey rude yeah the segment in which you can address all your haters, or uh, any beef, or if, or if anything abstract, anything in in the culture you're beefing with, maybe you maybe you've had an online menswear beef. Maybe you do people always answer. This feels like I like do they, people always have a rude response. Um, well, they sometimes, don't like. Sometimes people get really honest. They're like, yeah, there's this motherfucker last week who uh, commented on this, or or sometimes they'll say something like, you know, I'm um, or they just go the opposite way and just give like a, yeah. a nice shout out. <laughs> Well, you could just be a hater if you wanted to. If you want to say like, ah, oh, like I really don't like, I don't really I like this like conversation that's going on online. No, right now or no. I mean, I I tend to actually be, I think, I, I tend to just not. Night. I do. I do. I mean, I think my close friends would would laugh at me saying that I ever don't hate. But I when I I'm being recorded, I don't hate. But <laughs> no. But I was gonna say it's not like I. Yeah, I don't know. There's not things like online that I'm like, oh my god, that's so dumb. Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. Um, right now, I'm I'm very disappointed in the New York Rangers who are gonna blow. Damn, that's crazy. Lead three three two now, huh? Three two. No, I think it's. Oh yeah, it, it is because yeah, they won last yeah, night. Yeah. So I'm pretty. Not that I I'm I'm normally uh, I'm nor I'm normally I am a Washington Capitals fan. So normally okay. this time of year, all I do is watch the Capitals in the playoffs, but they're not in the playoffs for the first time in eight years. So I've been watching the Rangers. Rangers, Yeah. Um, and I'm just shocked that they're going to, thought it was going to be an easy series, huh? I, I thought it was gonna be an easy series. I think they did as well. They, they looked good yeah. for a moment there, but, um, the devils seem to have the juice right now. So. Devils, dude. How many devils? Don't you fan? love sport? I can tell you, really <laughs> love sports. your eyes are so wide over there. <laughs> that is the only hockey team I know. The, what, Rangers? the Rangers, the, the Rangers. only hockey team you know. Yeah, like it, like no, in, you know of. Of like, where, uh, where yeah. the where the where do the Devils play? Jersey, baby. Jersey, <laughs> right <Yeah>. there. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can almost grow, growing up. I guess, uh, I guess, yeah. There were there were some hockey fans in Kansas growing up, but it wasn't like well, because right. Well, the Devils originally were a Kansas City hockey team. They right? were. Yeah, I believe they were. Yeah. Then they got ran out of town. Look, I have a Dewey rude. Um, okay. but it's just like. You know, to, to save the segment, just kidding. Uh, okay, it. somebody commented on a song I made, like the YouTube video of it, and said, it's the original song I put out, and then somebody made a remix uh, that I also put out, and they said, thank you for making this. So Elo, the artist, can make an even better version with their remix. And then I also have somebody on my TikTok recently. I've been trying to post on TikTok. Yeah, are you guys big on the TikTok? I don't. Evan posts. For I like post. I just for uh, for promotional purposes. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't, don't scroll. scroll it. Usually, I have people send me them. I get it. Like I I know it's kind of going on, you know. But like I'm not like I don't know what's going on at all, and I don't scroll. I've been trying to post because my label like really wants me to. Um, but I'm not even like posting music related stuff. But like yeah, the other day I posted a stupid video, and somebody was like, "I've come to the conclusion: people in New York who post on TikTok are always insufferable." 
And New York people that don't are very chill. And I just said facts, bro. That's so mean. People love people, people love saying that other people are insufferable, insufferable right? This like is, this is this is a real. There's a podcast I listen to. Wow, referencing another podcast on a podcast. There's a podcast I listen to called The Press Box, where they they have only in journalism words mm-hmm. like um, like beleaguered is a is a big one, um, mm-hmm. where they're words that only appear in articles. And I feel like insufferable is a uh, a word that only appears like in comments or like mean tweets. For sure, yeah. It's very. I mean, it's it's. I th- people, you know, if you met that person, they would. This is what I always say. It's like if you met that person, they'd be like, "Hi, how are you?" Like they would yeah, be exactly. a nice person. The internet is just, you know, it's a dark place. I'm saying this to all the people on your Discord that are inevitably going to be like, <laughs> you know, there there really aren't that many. No, like, uh, our Discord's like pretty, I'm pretty positive, pretty, pretty positive. positive. Yeah, yeah. I've never really been on Discord. I've I've never crossed. I've like, yeah. a, a friend tried during the during the pandemic. A friend tried to like get all of us that were in a group chat to do it on Discord instead because sure. he was like, it's mm-hmm. a better interface, and that lasted like two days, I think. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's a uh, being a Discord guy is 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 a job. It is. I'm not one, but like job. Yeah. sometimes I'll I'll look at some some servers and some people. I'm just like, do you guys have jobs? What do you, like? What are you? How how are you <laughs> finding yeah. the time to have these conversations? But, yeah. Um, I don't have a Dewey Rude, but uh, due to the week, due to the week though, yeah, big uh, yeah, due to the week. Anybody want to shout Should out? Should I just do a different sports one and be like Jalen Brunson, dude of the week? Uh, yeah, Incredible. yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah. sports in- guys. Incredible Knicks run. I saw Julius Randle yesterday, which was an amazing <laughs> sighting. Where I was, do you know who Julius Randle is? <laughs> Fuck no, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> this is incredible. You know, obviously, you know. Who Julius yeah, yeah. yeah. Is. So, so uh, the Knicks advance in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, my wife is a Knicks fan. Uh, I have I. I have this theory that, like, I've been in, I've lived in New York for over a decade. I have this theory that the city is significantly better when sports are better, except for the Yankees, because huh. no one, I think the Yankees, like, are too, have been too good for too long. Okay. Yeah. But, like, when the Knicks are good, when the Rangers are good, when the Mets are good, I feel like there's, like, a better general feeling in the city. I have mm. no empirical evidence behind this, but it's just, like, my feeling walking through the yeah. streets. And I left my office yesterday. Um, I, I work in Midtown. And I was taking a walk. And I saw uh, Julius Randle got hurt, though, as in the game that the Knicks advanced in. And there he was, very easy to recognize. He's six foot eight, and he was holding a sax bag. And, had, <laughs> and there was no, there was, he had no ankle brace, no nothing. And I was like, He's gonna play. He's gotta yeah, play. He's gonna, My man just needed some retail therapy. I, 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 he was on the phone. I was so close to being like, Julius, would you buy? You, you, you buy? You it was a small bag, okay. so yeah. it was, it was maybe just an accessory for the mistress. Bag. I don't <laughs> think he. <laughs> okay, I did not say that for the record. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. I, I was texting. I was like texting Jacob earlier. He was like, "Oh man!" Like, I was like, what you, "What's been on your mind lately?" He's like, "He's like sports." I was like, "Sports." Nah, dude. I can't do that. That's what that's I said. What, that's what I feel like your theory is right. It's because it's also like that's what Midwestern cities thrive on. You know, to- Kansas total, City comes oh, alive. A thousand when, percent. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think that's why I moved out. I knew like I like <laughs> could not hang with the boys, so uh, moved out here. But um, but you I did text- watch the Chiefs though. Yeah, you know, if you watch the Super Bowl. Watch yeah. the Super Bowl when the playoffs are going on. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's nice to have a have a. The way you say playoffs sounds like the first time you ever play it. <laughs> playoffs. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll watch it. I'll I'll turn I'll, I'll turn it on. Yeah. Just to, to see uh, <laughs> the boys do their thing. Yeah. 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 All um, right. Uh, do, do you have a do of the week? Yeah, I have a right. do of the week. What's the do of the it's week? It's a huge pivot from uh <laughs> from, from, from from uh from, from some ballers. Uh, although he might be a baller in his own right, big shout out this week goes to um, Sean Mendez and his uh, his smoothie posse. Uh, smoothie posse. And I saw that Jacob had tweeted earlier that every generation has their own pussy posse, which we've we've talked about the pussy posse <laughs> the pussy on here. Posse, yeah. we've, we've talked about brands of disgusting brothers, but it seems like <laughs> it seems like uh, Sean Mendez his. Uh, You've been in a kind of a pussy, you've been in a kind of a pussy posse. I've seen the men's wear photos. There's nothing. More, there's I've nothing. seen Fashion Week. I've there's seen few things more terrifying than someone going. I saw that you tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I think I have a few. Th- I have a few notes here about um, you tweeted. No, I, I old old money style just means having good hair. That that is a thousand percent. Explain true. that. That, Explain that, 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 that I stand. What by. is good hair? 
I, I I mean more. So I think old money Wait, style. All right, well, let's all right. We'll start on okay. old money old money style. We'll go to old money and style, then we'll go back to we will, our we boy will Sean. Back to Sean Mendes. Yeah. But old money style is is to me. Th- this is one of those trends that I think is not fabricated so much as it lives on TikTok in this way that I think it has. Maybe there was a kernel of an idea there, but it has become this platform for men that either are attractive or believe they are attractive, which let, let, let's not parse that out. But, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm really thinking about that as a concept, but like, are, yeah, a lot of but, cognitive dissonance going on. But that, that, um, that on TikTok they they say like old money style and it's like them in a sweater and then it's just like well, the whispers and like they always have this is an idea that 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 to be fair um there 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 is a, a menswear meme guy uh Mark I'm blanking on his last name he lives in Atlanta he's a very funny guy and he hmm. he he posted a TikTok that was just like funny what do you mean like, by funny he he's I like his sense I'll of humor. I'll do, I'll, do, I'll do it. I'll do it a bit. Um, You're good fellas. And and he um he that was a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he um he posted like like you know stopping when it's not just hair and it was yeah. just like guys and it was like like the and 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 I guess in a way maybe this is revealing my own um insecurity because like I have what 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 uh a guy I would not call him a friend a guy that was that I I. He was on my floor in college. He referred to my hair as Lego hair because <laughs> you could just pop it off and put it on anyone else. Yeah. And I I have absolutely no definition to my hair. It's not like my hair in any way. It's just like normal normal white mm-hmm. guy hair pretty much. Um but uh yeah, I think that the, the hair thing is interesting cuz cuz I, I I think it almost more my point is is like these trends happen on TikTok and then it's just like it's a platform to like promote how attractive a guy is. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like there's gotta be some kind of parallel in music where it's like, you definitely see those music TikTokers just hopping on like any trend or taking any audio of the week and like remixing it. And it has yeah. like nothing to do with their own. Like, or they're just like mouthing some shit, but it's like really just them taking a video of themselves. Exactly. Like. Exactly. So that was my that was my feeling there because old money okay. style. I, I mean, I'd be. Did you ask Avery about old money style? Because I'd be curious because like old what, money like style stealth to wealth? me just rhymes. Discourse? No, because old money style isn't stealth wealth. Old money style to me rhymes with like prep. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. cable knit sweaters and like you know some nice pressed yeah. chinos and waspy like look. waspy. Yeah. It's like yeah. waspy vibes. So, um, it's like waspy vibes. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I I I. I I obviously was not like 100% serious with that. I think some people do really dress that way. My colleague, Rory Satran, who I will shout out, wrote a very good piece about old money style and how it presents itself on TikTok, and that's worth reading. That was primarily about women um, and it as like a, a women's trend. But um, yeah, the Sean Mendes. I don't really have much to say <laughs> about Sean Mendes. That was that was like a two-second joke. Uh, <laughs> I but, don't either. But um, they, the thing I found very – there was, to me – uh, having again just been in LA, the, those guys looked like every third guy that I saw in Los Angeles. Like, sure, that that's what I found really f- kind of funny about it was how indistinct their style was to like any guy that's like pseudo into vintage and workwear these days. Okay, um, they really look like guys. Um, and and they look like a guy, and I think maybe that's what people on the internet found so. F- so interesting about it was that they looked like people that they certainly could identify. Real man. Sean Mendes does. I will say though, I cannot believe him. I, I, well, maybe I can't believe I'm saying this. Sean Mendes has good style. I, I often see what Sean Mendes is wearing and I'm like, that's a pretty good outfit. All right. Do we, do we do's and don'ts? Uh, yeah. Rounding off the app. What are we, what are we doing? What are we not doing overall in life? I don't know. Uh, do's and don'ts. I'm I I'm not very prescriptive about things. Uh, I I feel like there was a time in my life where I was very like I said I did things and didn't do things. I try. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think about my grooming routine, and we had, this hasn't been brought up, and we talked about my hair. I stopped washing my hair recently. Like, really? Okay. I like, had never. Like, ne- like never. I I don't wash my hair, and um, I. I was raised to always like like growing up. It was like always wash your hair, and like I don't know, I kind of like it much better. 
We, we have well, a, we kind have, of a, it's like it's like you have like it's short you have natural it's good, it's, oils. It's good length. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a we had a friend that had really long hair and didn't wash it and didn't wash it for like two years. You know, but like, but, but I I've, I've that seems gross to me because it's like <laughs> touching other like yeah. my hair is short. Kind, yeah, so it like it doesn't touch. It makes anything sense else. for you. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like if I'm incredibly sweaty and I don't do it, I'm like, yeah, should I do it? But I, I, I tend to get it. I get it washed when I get my haircut. Yeah, once a month, pretty much, and that's it. But this is this is a real. You're looking at me I kind of sham- skeptically. I only, sham- I only shampoo like a. I don't shampoo no, like I'm every not time I. Skept- no, your 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 hair. Yeah, it's just, it's a short length. It's uh, thin, not thinning. It's thin. You know what I mean. So it's like <laughs> no, I I know, you know what my, I mean. I know my hair is not thinning. I'm keeping this. Hair. No, I, but you know, like when you like go and you get like fucking when you they take uh, I forget which tool it is, but like. Tell him to not take to out that. to take out like volume, you know oh, what yeah. I mean. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there are, there aren't a lot of tell him don't do that. Tell him what to take out. Don't take out volume. The thinning shears. I don't do that, but oh, I okay, used okay. to do that. When oh yeah, I had yeah, like a like a high and tight look, but like <laughs> you um, had the Brad Pitt. Yeah, the Ma- you had the Macklemore look. Oh, I've, I've, I've gone through many, many looks. Macklemore yeah. is a much better reference than Brad Pitt and Fury, a movie that not that many people <laughs> yeah. have seen. Um, but a movie that uh, looms large in my brain. Um, but uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I'm not like weirded out that you don't wash Do you, your hair. Yeah, wash your hair. Also, you might have some of that residual Accutane effect where it's like you're probably not producing a lot of uh, oh. oil anyway. So why not? That could be. I mean, sometimes it looks shiny, but then I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever, it looks shiny. Yeah. doesn't look oily now. Yeah, shiny, glossy, okay. dewy. So, so you're telling telling the fellas don't don't. Uh, I don't know don't, if I'm endorsing not washing your hair, but yeah. it's just I, think about it. I, yeah, yeah I, I don't want to endorse any. I, I I hope that it's clear that I'm not endorsing anything on this episode, but um, <laughs> except maybe read what I write. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, not washing it, it's it's been an, it's been like kind of I've never liked my hair. I've always wanted to have different hair, and I sometimes talk with my wife, and I'm like. Should I dye my hair? And she's like, she's just like begging me. She's you like, gotta. Do not no, dye you got it, dude. During the pandemic, I really thought, I was like, this is my one chance to dye yeah. it. I messed with my hair so badly during the pandemic. I got, I'm, I can be very impulsive. And one day we were just sitting at home and I was very bored. And I was like, I'm gonna cut my own hair. And I tried and it was so <laughs> bad. She has this photo and it's like, there's just divots in the back of my head. And I thought that it was like fine. And she she was like, You you I don't care how bad it is out there, you have to go get a haircut. Like your my hair was awful. And I've, you know, I've gone to our first date actually, I showed up and I had just gotten a haircut and I it was summer and I was like, I'm gonna go a little shorter. And I made the mistake of of basically being like, whatever you want, just make it short. And that was like famous last words, and I truly looked like I had no hair. I had to, I had to say yeah. to her, I was like, I don't normally look like this. Like, I hope I've tried to grow my hair out; doesn't do anything. Like, just looks bad. Just sure. generally looks bad. There's some really bad photos of me on the internet with long hair and kind of Freudian glasses. <laughs> not that I think I like look. In, not that I'm. Not that I think my style is like concretized now. Like, obviously, people change, but it is interesting looking back on photos of how I used to present and I'm like, wow, that was really bad. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm completely deflecting your question, but, um, do if I, if you're in New York, this is not, this is not at all a sponsored endorsement. I just, uh, we don't do anything like that. Scott's uh-huh. owner, you know, the journal is the high, the highest integrity. Um, there's a restaurant called Inga has the best burger in New York city. I huh. promise you Eat, do eat at this place. What, what, Inga, this conversation has been coming up a lot among people. Oh, really? Has it really? I've what, never. People what? are always talking other, about like, is what's other the, Evan like, talking about. Inga, it? Well, everyone, everyone just it. keeps asking what's this, the best. This what's the best burger? Is everyone always you just says really say, good. I'm looking at Seventh Street, but it sounds like yeah. Inga. Inga's Inga is, is what kind of burger is it? Is it like Inga's bar? It is. Is that it? Inga's bar. Okay. It's it's uh in it's near the Fruit Streets in Brooklyn Heights. Got it. It is the best way to describe it is it's kind of like a a better in and out I would say yeah. so it's a one grab burger you grab you do not ever put it down the best okay. it's really good it's not a smash burger okay. I don't a smash burger is not my favorite burger and a thick steak burger not my favorite burger the Inga burger the Inga burger is somewhere in between and it's just the right portion of fries I don't like when you get the burger and then the fries is just like 
so much you're gonna feel sick after yeah this is a very this is very well portioned i'm telling you i've i've taken many people there i've eaten there a lot there was a time where i ate there once a week and had this burger once a week and i was very worried about my cholesterol for a second but um, sure i didn't eat red meat for for a long time um mm-hmm. and at some point i was just like i should i'm gonna start again Fuck but it. yeah and I wasn't eating dairy because of my skin for a long time. Right. So I wasn't eating cheeseburgers in any capacity. So now I'm on this quest to like try a lot of burgers. Every time I go back, I'm like, this, this burger's really good. Emilio, where's your favorite burger? It's not the best. It's very this is, No, you got to ride for is, it. You got to ride for it. I have taken it. us into classic broadcast territory. <laughs> oh, my God. Burgers and boys, Yo, What's your favorite burger, bro? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I just, you know, I like taking a trip up to the Upper East Side and hitting J.G. <laughs> uh, Mellon. I don't think. It's not. The burger's actually bad. I don't think it's as good as. I really don't. I, I think it's kind of bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's, it's gotten worse. I was going to say, not, sure. not to not to pull this card, but I lived up there like 10 years ago, and, mm-hmm. it, and it was very good. It was. Yeah, it's gotten bad, but I just, you know, I like I like going going somewhere far you know going to a different neighborhood but do we do check out inga's bar yeah. and get the burger jacob where can the people follow you if you uh you can read me at the wall street journal um i'm my column runs every tuesday online it's primarily in print on wednesdays uh sometimes articles run in between you can find me on instagram at jacob w gallagher and twitter as well um yeah that's it Thanks so much for the time, guys. It was, re- it was really Thanks nice for coming. Yeah. The Dewey Gentleman. It was great. Until next time. Bye, everybody.